final key point, key point number four. If we want our faith to grow, we must live in anticipation of Jesus' return. Look with me, verse 20 and following. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now, let's pause there just for a moment. It's clear that the Pharise- even the Pharisees knew that, all right, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem. Is, he going to, is this going to be the moment that he's going to establish the kingdom of God, right? Is this going to be that moment? They're anticipating it. So no doubt the disciples were thinking it too. Maybe this is it. The Pharisees wanted to know it. The Jewish people lived with great ex- expectancy of the coming Messiah. Someone like Moses, someone who's going to deliver them out of bondage. And the fact that they were traveling to Jerusalem added to that excitement. The Pharisees, the disciples, uh, they wondered, hey, maybe perhaps, just possibly, as we're heading to Jerusalem, that Jesus is going to establish the promised kingdom. Let's pick back up verse 22. Jesus said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of these days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Now, pause there just for a moment. Clearly, Jesus is already pointing us to the cross, right? He knows that that day's coming. He knows that his time is limited. He said, listen, the day is coming that you're going to wish that we had these moments. And, that, and, and he knows that it's coming sooner than they realize. And he's saying that some things have to happen first, that Jesus has to suffer. Let's pick back up verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now let's pause there. What's he talking about here? Here Jesus shifts uh, to his future return. He mentions, you know, first I've got to suffer, this pointing us to the cross, and now he shifts the focus. His point is that um, his return will seem like any other day. It's going to seem like any other day. People are going about their business, they're doing this, they're going to eat, they're going to drink, they're going to go to work. Any other day. People are going to be doing what they've always done. And then Jesus says what? Then the day of judgment comes. You think it's not going to happen. You think it's just any other day, but then the day of judgment comes. Let's continue verse 31. And in that day, what is that day? The day of judgment. He who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. 
Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two in bed. One will be taken and another one left. Two people are going to be grinding together. The one will be taken, the other one left. Two are going to be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to Jesus, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And we come to the end of the chapter. But I want you to notice something. When Jesus starts talking about this judgment that's coming, he gave us three examples. This is fascinating. He says two of them are going to be sleeping. When do you sleep? Nighttime. He says two of them are going to be working in the mill, grinding. When does that happen? That's actually the afternoon work. That's afternoon work because they've already gotten the grain And now they're going to go grind it. So the morning work is already finished. This is now afternoon. And then there's a a third group. He says, two were in the field. When do you go out into the field? That's the morning work. So what did he do? He says, in that day, some are going to be sleeping. Some are going to be in the afternoon working. And some are going to be in the early morning hours working. What does that mean? He says, in that day... All of those things happen at the same time? How is that possible? It's possible because it's a global event. It happens all at one time. Why? Because for some people, it's in the middle of the night, and they're going to be sleeping. For some people, it's going to be the middle of the afternoon, and they're going to be at the mill grinding. For other people, they're just getting started to work. They're, going, they're headed out to the fields. It's just early in the morning. And Jesus says that day of judgment is coming and it's going to happen all at once and it's going to happen globally. All of these things happen at the same time because it's a global event. I noticed that the disciples didn't ask, when, Lord? That would be the, you know, that's what you would think, right? When? But they didn't ask that. They said, where? Where? Where, Lord? And Jesus' answer points us to the Battle of Armageddon. How do I know that? Because it says, uh, he, t- he tells us what, wherever the body is, what's, what's happening. The eagles, the birds are coming. Well, what, is, what do we, those of you who are here during the time we were going through the book of Revelation, uh, the Battle of Armageddon, there was an invitation for the birds of the air right? To come and do what? The birds of the air to come and feast on the carcasses. So the, when, when we're looking at this, we should see this as the battle of Armageddon, where the birds of the air are invited to come and feast on the unrepentant. So what do we see? We see four things. If you want to grow in your faith, you want to grow in your faith, it starts with forgiveness. You got, you, if you're harboring anger, you haven't moved past that, you haven't gotten to a point where you can forgive someone else, it's going to be a hard, difficult road to grow in your faith. Because forgiveness is fundamental to the Christian faith. It's fundamental. We have been forgiven. We have been forgiven. Christ canceled our debt, and therefore we are to, we are to do the same for others. We are to forgive. If we, if, we can't, if we can't learn that lesson, then we can't start serving faithfully 
and we'll never develop a heart of gratitude if we if we it's a progression it's a sequence that one is dependent upon the other you want to grow in your faith forgive you want to grow in your faith forgive and then serve you want to grow in your faith forgive start serving and then do it with a heart of gratitude you want to grow in your faith? You do all of those things, and then every single day live in anticipation that Jesus could return at any moment. That's what he said. You want to grow in your faith? There it is. Jesus gave it to us all in one chapter, Luke 17. And that leads us to one last thought. We must live our lives in anticipation of Jesus' return, but we will never get there if we don't first learn forgiveness, faithfulness, and thankfulness.